you started the discussion a little bit regarding the Holocaust and Germany and how Germany looked at how America handled its slaves. They also looked at how India had its caste system. And, and the book Caste by Wilkerson defines this. And Germany defined a difference between people that were Jewish and gypsies and black. India tends to do it more on income levels. And I think the constitution as talking about uh, black Americans at that point only being three fifths created a caste system in the United States that goes back three, 400 years that we still have. And I think that's this, the, the issues that we're dealing with still go to that desire for some people to retain that caste system where people are differentiated by color and not by the person. Welcome to Peter and Phil's Courageous Conversations, a podcast addressing race relations and social issues in hopes that you'll be inspired to do the same. Now, let's begin our conversation with your hosts, Dr. Peter Weinstein and Dr. Philip Nelson. Where people are differentiated by color and not by the person. That's very well put. And by the way, it wasn't the constitutional statement of making slaves three-fifths of a human being was merely a reflection of the practices of the day. And even though it was actually placed in the Constitution, the real prison was defined by a set of laws that were passed that were designed to enforce that caste system and to assure that that the constitutional rights did not apply to enslaved people. And the only people who could be enslaved were people of color. And in Germany, they did this in in a similar fashion by writing new rules and regulations for Jews, gypsies, people of color. Correct, correct. They learned from us. Yeah, they learned from us, they did. As a matter of fact, you know, their response to our attempt to help the Jewish populations in Europe was, you know, you can't cast any stones because you're living in a glass house. Look at what you're doing in Mississippi. I find it ironic that we believe that Hitler was so bad and and that Germany went off the rails and we cannot face our, our own part of, of history during the Jim Crow era. And we want to ignore the fact that we too incited discrimination through the wrongful implementation of our civil system. I, I can't call it civil justice system, but, but our perverted justice system. There's a section in cast by uh, Wilkerson that talks about, and I'll just read this from an article. Um, through her detailed historical research, she unearths evidence that the violence towards Blacks that the American caste system espoused was too much even for the Nazis. They balked at replicating some of the more horrific acts of American racism towards Blacks. Quote, unquote, Hermit Keir was just one of several Nazi researchers who thought American law went overboard, Wilkerson writes. 
while others like Hans Gunther thought the American laws were so outrageous as to be untrue. So, you know, even some of the, the Nazi experience thought that the way our, the way America treated the, the black population was above and was above and beyond anything that anybody could believe. Yeah, I know. And no wonder we want to now offer alternative views to the Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just like um, you talk about alternative uh, history books in the South. Yes. There's a lot of people who'd like to have alternative history books that don't include anything about the Holocaust in them. Of course. Many of whom are the same groups. Just as history books that I had short shrift at the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was a war for states' rights, wasn't it? Correct. <laughs> and that's all you're going to get out of me. Yeah. No, I mean, if you want to bring it to the future, the I think it was CNN had a very good investigative reporting on anti-Semitism and the number of current episodes that have grown astronomically since 2017, actions against synagogues and places of Jewish worship. And the numbers there are significantly increased from where they were in the past. And the American Defamation League tracks this and follows it. And I, so if, if anybody wants to get an idea of how anti-Semitism has grown, um, there are significantly increased numbers in those concurrent to this significant increase in racist activity that we're seeing in the United States. Well, I find it unnerving that whenever our society decides to make a turn toward inhumane policies of any kind, mm -hmm. In order to adopt it, we then enhance the power of our state's rights because we recognize that our federal approach would dilute those pious, secular, inhumane practices, be it healthcare or women's rights, <laughs> women's rights or racial disparities. We don't have time to discuss it, but even the delivery of clean water. In, you're, in, you're in Jackson, Mississippi. Right? I'm in Talk Jackson. about delivering a clean water. Even the delivery of clean water is colored by the race problem. And it's been very difficult for me to focus. It hadn't been that difficult to focus on my mother. But, but, you know, I got here while everybody was getting bottled water. And I got here when, and I was here when the governor announced that the the lifting of the boiling water mandate and he essentially took all the credit <laughs> and yet when the issue first came up he literally said he had no idea jackson had a problem and this problem has been bubbling for at least three decades and the capital happens to be in jackson the governor's office happens to be in Jackson. And essentially, after seeing his press conferences over a period of two weeks, which the nation doesn't get to see, 
I'm convinced that Jackson residents aren't a part of Mississippi. Well, they've tried to isolate you out for 300 years. So they'll probably build a wall around Jackson now. That wall has already been built. Mm -hmm. If America truly wants to control immigration, they should adopt the, the Jackson plan. <laughs> and it's the capital. Yes. And we can't get past the fact that it's the capital because it is 80% African-American. Mississippi will not allow an Atlanta to develop in its state at the risk of economic development for all. There are other issues within the state that I would love to address, but none of them I'm fully versed in. I only know because I'm from the state and I have relatives in the state and I listen to my mother a lot. Mm. You know, uh, and, and, and I realize I have a certain perspective that leads to a certain bias. So it's um, 40 plus years since you grew up in Jackson. You grew up there, you know, you um, came back, you go back, you come back, you go back. How, and now you've also lived in California for a period of time and you lived in North Carolina and you've lived in Tuskegee. You've gotten around. You've lived in Starksville. Would you, are, are you suggesting that Jackson, as many communities, is not really moved forward much in 40 years? There is no simple answer to that question. And <laughs> to use a Clinton idiom, it depends on what the definition of is is. <laughs> I left it I left it intentionally vague. No, you didn't. You left it intentionally comprehensive. Not was, vague. Yeah, well, and, it was vaguely comprehensive. Yes. So. And oh, very, very good. Yes. And there was no way for me to add it up and come up with a net. No. I would say that there has been progress, but to say that there has been progress that I'm satisfied with the progress or to say that there has been progress is not to say that I'm satisfied or that I don't have, or that there aren't deep, deeply held concerns. I have to tell you that the people of Mississippi are some of the most generous and genuine people I have ever met, even in grocery stores and on the streets. The difference between, the, one of the different as I've reminded myself of between the South and the North and California, or at least Southern California, is that in the South, we speak to each other. You don't pass each other on the street without saying hello. How you doing? Have a good day. If you get off an elevator, you know, when people get on an elevator and you're the only one there, they, they don't turn their back to you and push their button. You know, as a matter of fact, we seem to be nosy when we step on an elevator and you're there, hey, how you doing, baby? Is a good day for you? By the time they step off, if they step off before you, they've almost uplifted your spirit because somebody cared to say hi. That is a wide chasm 
from the coded messages you hear politicians say in uh, 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 use when they're giving reports about Mississippi infrastructure or anything else in Mississippi, be it black or white. And it only underscores the need for a conversation. Fully concur. My experiences in the South, um, whether it's been in Alabama, Louisiana, North Carolina, we could probably uh, wrap this conversation up for the moment and uh, continue it because there's so much that we can dive into yep. regarding the similarities between anti-Semitism and racism and some of the challenges that both groups have dealt with over time. But as has been noted, when I walk in a room, people don't know my religion. But they do know my race. Correct. And that is part of part and parcel of the challenges that you face regularly that I don't. Yes. However, the bottom line still is we should keep our eye on the prize and not on the, as you so eloquently stated earlier, not on our differences. We, we've had these discussions before. We all have the same desires and they don't have to be competitive. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you talked about religion before and, and religion is part of, in many religions, the way you look is similar no matter what, but um, there, there's battle for, for turf in the Middle yes. East as well that's religious-based. Yes. And uh, even within uh, parts of Catholicism, there are battles. And religion was the reason many people came to the United States in the beginning. So it, it is an interesting conversation about how religion has set up its own battles for territory too. Well, I see it as um, uh, it's, 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 it's just another way of developing fraternities. Um, uh, religion is just another excuse for how we might meet Maslow's requirements you know and and it's all from a limited resource perspective rather than a sharing of resource res perspective the sharing of resource perspective means there might be less for everybody but there'll be sufficient but there's but it is sufficient for everybody and it is those people who want more that drive the reasoning. And uh, 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 it's, and those are the people we should be careful of. The people that are driving the reasoning for a uh, Ukrainian war, for a larger Russia, for a Republican held Congress or a Democratic-held Congress for territory in Palestine versus territory for Israel, whether it's based on race, whether it's based on economics, whether it's based on religion, it's all from a limited resource perspective that gets us into the mode of crabs in a barrel. 
and pulling each other down in order to be at the top of the barrel. As long as we continue to speak as I'm right, you're wrong, we will always have a difficult time finding a common ground. Life is a negotiation. And if you negotiate to win, somebody has to lose. But if you negotiate with a win-win in mind, everybody can win. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank Nationwide for sponsoring us and giving us the opportunity to, to share our views and to provoke thoughtful review of our individual lives. Thank you for joining us for another Courageous Conversation. Be sure to follow us and check back next week for more.